Hi, this is a special little intro to this episode of the Cinemondo podcast. Um, we recorded it uh, a, a while ago, and and uh, it's a it's a special episode devoted to the film uh, Deliverance, which was uh, a great uh, Burt Reynolds film. And yesterday we found out that Burt Reynolds had passed away, so we felt like we wanted to put a little tag here at the beginning of the episode um, saying that this this uh, episode of the Cinemondo podcast is dedicated to the memory of the great movie star Burt Reynolds, who we all grew up with and always really liked. He was always just the, you know, the guy, the, the, the most guy like guy in movies. He was funny, never took himself too seriously. He was a good action star. He was a, a good, he did some romantic comedies. He did a lot of drama. He directed that movie, The End, which was a pretty good movie that mm. came out in '77, and uh, so and he was a good actor when he, he just wanted made to it be. look kind of effortless, like yeah. he was the sort of being himself, but he could also immerse in a character. He's really, really good. Yeah, a genuine movie star. You know, he was like yeah. a real movie star. And bigger uh, than life. I have to throw in a shout out to my hometown, Tallahassee, Florida, because Burt Reynolds uh, went to uh, FSU, and then I believe he played football there. I think he was like a football on the football team, but. Uh, Always kind of grew up feeling like a little bit of a connection to uh, Burt Reynolds because he, you know, he went to FSU just a few blocks away from my house. <laughs> wow, super sad. He was a great star. Yeah. So this episode is directed to to Burt, and uh, hope you enjoy. It. Welcome to the Cinemondo Podcast with Kathy, Mark Burke, and Darwin. <laughs> uh, and the mailman. <laughs> We're going to be talking about horror movies, sci-fi movies, and unusual movies. Come on in and listen to the barking. <laughs> Darwin's going to get a run point on this podcast. So Darwin, take it away. Disadvantages to having a dog in the room when we do this podcast. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, the mailman is driving away. Should we start over? <laughs> no, let's <just> keep going. Oh, <laughs> uh, darling. Darling, come here. Darling. Stop. Darling. He's very excited come about here. the movies today. Okay. He hates it when we get mail. Yeah, I don't I know. know what it is in the mail. Because a stranger is coming up to his house. My dogs do the same thing. He gets oh, upset yeah. with the with the, <laughs> with the mail carrier. <laughs> Good boy. All right. Very impressive display. That's our okay. new opening. What do you think? Okay, everybody, be sure to go out and rescue. <laughs> yes, rescue a loud barking dog. You too can enjoy this yourselves. <laughs> you can be alerted to when the mail arrives. <laughs> Oh, uh, so should we keep that or should we rewind and I think we should keep it. Start over. Okay. I like it. I so this will be funny. the episode where the dog <laughs> barks over the introduction. Okay. Like Darren wants some uh, airtime. I don't blame uh, him. Yeah, we might lose some <laughs> listeners, but whatever. We might gain some too. Can <laughs> gain some dogs. <laughs> people will be like, people's, "Why?" <laughs> people's dogs at homes will suddenly be interested in the show. That's like, true. Hey, he's Podcast. speaking my language. A podcast for movie fans and dogs. Exactly. That's perfect. <laughs> 
Dogs will love this podcast. Uh, he's, oh. he's calming down. He's calming down it's, a little there bit. We go, there we Very go. impressive. Okay. All right. So anyway, if you didn't hear it, this is the Cinemondo podcast. <laughs> In case I was being drowned out. I never get a good intro. That <laughs> <Stop>. win. <laughs> All right. So today we are um, going to be going down to the pound. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about Isle of Dogs and uh, Dog Soldiers. Benji. They're doing a new Benji movie. I saw. Lassie. I was like really obsessed with Benji when it came out. I loved it. I mean, I barely remember it because I was... An infant, but <laughs> well, isn't it sort of a well-made movie? Was, yes, I, I remember seeing it not, like when I was older, and you know I missed it when it came out. But then when I, sh- I watched it, and was like, this is actually not a bad movie. It has a, Aunt B is one of her, you know, really? non- Aunt B roles. You know, Francis, Francis Bovier. Bovier. Yeah, yeah, she's it. she stars in it. Mrs. But it's Bovier. It's I liked it because it was really from the dog's point of view. Yeah, so that was very interesting. And Benji was cute. Darwin agrees. He loves Benji. You like that. We'll put that on for you later. If you be quiet for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> He's just trying to override us all. <sighs> but we're thinking about this time, you know, and we like to talk about movies that everybody may have already seen. And you, the movies that you sort of file away in your mind as, oh, I've already seen that. And But there's so many movies like that. And there's so many movies out there, so many new movies out there that it's sometimes hard to go back. It's hard to justify going back and and revisiting a, an old classic but it really is worth it sometimes and sometimes you watch these old classics especially if you're into sort of uh intense movies with sort of a modern pacing and the you know made for sort of a modern attention span or whatever a lot of people might think well it's an old movie so it might be kind of slow and boring and maybe really not up to the standards that outdated. are outdated and and yeah but there's some movies that when you go back and revisit them, we always say the same thing. We're like, wow, that was actually really good. It yeah. holds up. It's so much better than I expected it to be. I thought maybe I liked it when I was younger, but then I would see it again and it would it'd be like, eh, not so good. But there's they're, some movies that stand that test of time. They're really great ones. I mean, uh, there are lots that you go, oh, yeah, this does feel dated and slow. Right. But there are movies that you just say, oh, I've seen it. I don't need to see it again. But it, you do want to see it again. Because yeah. you look at it from maybe you didn't see, haven't seen it in 15, 20 years. And you forget it. You might think you know the movie, but you forget it. And this movie is a perfect example. Yeah. And also, it's like one of those movies that can't be done again because it's perfect. Yeah. There's no reason to do this one again. You and it, Don't even try. We're just talking to all you filmmakers out there. Do not remake this movie. But they will. But yeah. the other thing about it, one of the other reasons why it doesn't date have we told, have we told much, the title yet? No, we haven't mentioned oh, the title yet. Mystery. Oh, Heavenly Dog. But another, <laughs> another reason why it doesn't date as well, it doesn't date as badly as some other films, is that the way the people are dressed in it is, it's yeah, not immediately, it doesn't immediately say a time. Because right. of the context of, of the film, the way the people are dressed is appropriate for what they're doing. And, and and the setting too doesn't seem is not dated because it's a natural setting. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you know, you're, you can kind of if you're if you're upset about the idea that it takes place a long time ago, just get over it. You'll get you'll get past that. It'll <laughs> get it, over it. it it's it could be now. It could be yesterday. It could be tomorrow. <laughs> but the movie we're talking about 
Should we give some more clues and see if people can guess Thanks before we yet. reveal what we're talking about? A couple of members of the cast. It's yeah. got it's got some it's got a great cast and the two there's four four main cast members and two of them it's their very first movie. Two of them have done have gone on to do amazing amounts of work and Academy Awards and all this kind of stuff. But this was their first film, two of these guys. <laughs> and one of them, <laughs> Kathy's got a picture of one of them, and it's just, great. She's got it like on her phone, and she's just staring, <laughs> staring at this picture. But one of them is Burt Reynolds, not the goofy Burt Reynolds everyone's probably thinking of, Smokey and the Bandit Burt Reynolds, but like cool Burt Reynolds. This is like Burt Reynolds at his absolute. This was like the the week in his life when he was at his prime. He looks, you know, he's a very handsome guy, and he's just built in this. Ultra-masculine. Like, he makes yeah. all the other guys in this movie look super wimpy. Yeah. Which is perfect for the film. Yeah, yeah, that's how it should be. Well, we should go ahead and just say it's Deliverance. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> the movie is Deliverance, and it's it's definitely worth a, a revisit if you haven't seen it in I a like while. I like, too, that the, it just when we talk about wardrobe, we'll get into the movie in a second, is that Burt Reynolds is just almost all in black. Yeah. Everyone else mm-hmm. has this like khaki and these white shirts and these goofy kind of, you know, fishing bucket hats. hats and, <laughs> and he's like got like the black hair with the black scuba top and the technically the tight black jeans probably weren't the best thing to go <laughs> down the right. river in, but it looked good. Um, so in a way, it almost set him apart in that, too. His whole attitude toward the outdoors was a little bit more rebel. Mm-hmm. Well, he was the badass in the movie. He was, you know, he's Lewis. And everybody, all through the film, the beginning of the film, the way the characters always defer to him, everybody wants his opinion. They're like, what does Lewis think? What do you think, Lewis? And they, it's obvious that these three city guys, they're, they're all from Atlanta, I think. The, the premise is yeah. these are all guys who live and work in the city the big city of Atlanta and they probably have these office jobs and you know I guess what some people might call boring lives and so they go out on these sort of wilderness trips every so often with with Burt Reynolds with Lewis and Lewis is like the manly man he's like the manliest of all manly men he's got the funky outdoorsman watch and he's got the sleeveless wetsuit jacket uh, you know, and just he, he's the guy you want to go out into the wilderness with because you know that whatever happens, he can take care of it. He's out there fishing with his bow and arrow, and he he catches a fish, and he knows how to make a fire, and he's got all this sort of philosophy about the wilderness, and he's he's kind of like their guru. He's sort of like their their um, you know life coach or something in some ways, especially yeah. the John Voight character. You know, he seems to really look up to him. Yeah, it kind of like takes him under his wing almost. Like he's like, I'm going to make a man out of you. And he's like, but I kind of like this kind of stay home life. Yeah, he likes his family. Yeah. He likes his wife and his kid and his house, you know. But Burt Reynolds is the character. Burt Reynolds as Lewis is is basically like, you know, this is this is nature. You know, this nature doesn't, nature's this sort of indifferent thing that you've got to experience it. Exactly. You've got to play the game. Right. You've got to come out here or else you're not a man. You know, you're not going to live unless you... Unless you, he, I think there's one line in it where somebody's talking about insurance and he says, I don't have insurance. There's no, I don't want insurance. There's no risk. Yeah. So he's, he's the leader. He's the machismo leader. And then John Voight, Ronnie Cox and Ned Beatty are his friends that go along for this weekend excursion where they're going to just, you know, go whitewater rafting down this North Georgian river, which I guess is either the uh, Chattooga. 
I think they filmed it, some of it at the uh, Chattooga yeah, River. Yeah. And um, so, you know, it's like a, it's a, it's kind of a fish out of water story in many ways. You know, people going to a place they're not familiar with and they're sort of relying on Lewis to sort of guide them through this weekend. And some of them are like, why are we, you know, what are we doing here? Why are we doing this? But they feel uh, safe with this guy. Yeah. And the other interesting thing the is that, what could happen. Yeah. It's just it's nature. Safe. It's pretty. There's animals. Yeah. But the other thing that's interesting, the other aspect of the story that's, that adds a little bit of a little element is the fact that they're saying that this is the last, this is our last time we're going to be able to go down this river because they're building this dam and they're basically relocating this city, this town. There, these all these towns, all the people that live in these sort of backwoods, hillbillies. You know, they call them hillbillies, and they're having to move out. They're having to get out of this place because they're going to dam this. They're building this dam, and that whole area is going to be flooded. And so there's this added element of all the people kind of resenting the big city people because yeah. they bought all this property. And so they see these big city folk coming in and they're like, these are the people. Well, also, Burt Reynolds was such a total colossal dick to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he was all trying yeah. to be cheap, like about driving their cars down to the, the drop off yeah. point. Yeah. And he was just super condescending the whole time. Just like, you know, and, but at the same time, I loved his sort of pro nature message where he's just like, you know, they're going to destroy all this beautiful stuff because of big business. He had this sort of like super like liberal sounding speech, <laughs> but he was really into nature, but he could not respect the people who actually live there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, yeah. But he was, he was also, there was also, there's also a line in it. I don't, I, I don't know the exact quote, but Somebody says it. I think Ned Beatty. Ned Beatty is the one who seems to be a little bit suspicious of the Burt Reynolds character. Like he's yeah. he doesn't co- totally buy the whole Macho Man thing. Yeah. And there's one point where Burt Reynolds acts like he's a you know like this tracker, and he hears something. He hears something that the other guys can't hear at night. And he goes off into the woods, and they're like, "Where'd he go? He heard something." You know, he's like he's got the power. And he disappears, and they're like, "Yeah, he must have heard something." And Ned Beatty, I think it's Ned Beatty, says, "You know, he does. Lewis doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> he, it's like he's just he thinks he's a, you know, Mister Tough Guy, but he's really not. He doesn't really know about nature. And it's kind of interesting because in the context of the film, there's a, you know, it's not really nature that gets him. It's the it's." the nature of humans that gets them. There's these people, these, these sort of hill folk. And the movie was, I think it's a little bit controversial to some people in the South. When you, when you talk to people in the South about deliverance, certain people or maybe when it around more, more around the time when it came out, people didn't like that movie so much because it depicted Southern, Southern people, you know, good old boys as, as these sort of murdering rapists, the, these toothless, you know, that stereotype, mm-hmm. but these almost weren't mm. Southern people. I mean, these were like mountain poor, desperately poor, like back in the deep, deep woods. Like I, I think it was get offended by that. Just too much time on their hands because right. this is like, <laughs> I mean, this isn't depicting like we're all from Atlanta. We know what Atlanta's like. It's big city. You know, yeah. it's like the fact these guys came from the city and went out there. It's like going to another planet almost. I mean, that's yeah. deep in the woods, and you know, depicted the kid on the porch, the actor who played the little kid on the porch playing the banjo. I love how that kind of set the tone for like, these aren't the kind of people we're used to right now. Yeah. He may look like it. He may, you know, and Ronnie Cox plays the guitar and the kid kind of plays along with him. And he has this great bonding moment, he thinks, with this 
you know, country kid sitting up on the porch with his banjo and Ronnie Cox is a city guy with his fancy guitar. He feels like, wow, I'm communicating with him. You know, we're playing music together. But then when they finish playing music, the kid just turns off and it's, it's like, you know, Ronnie Cox is a little bit taken aback by the fact that this guy doesn't really care. You know, he's that like, connection wasn't really, you thought the connection was there, but it yeah. really wasn't, you know, yeah, it was there just, for two minutes. Right. And also the, it's a, there was a lot of rumors that they just found this kid in right. a porch somewhere because, you know, that's how movies work. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he is actually an actor. Yeah. <laughs> and a musician. And and, yeah. Billy oh, he Redden. actually played that. Yeah. Does. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. His name was Billy Redden. Yeah. And a lot of people had a misconception that he had a, you know, he was a, had a mental handicap, but oh. he's not. He's he's just unusual looking person, mm-hmm. and an 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 interesting actor too to play a part like that. He just had this blank look on his face. And kind of an interesting other little aside as we get into it, we'll talk about more. Is that the author of the book Deliverance has a cameo as a sheriff? That's right, movie. James Dickey. Yes. That's cool. That's author and neat. poet. Yes. Yeah, I don't think it's anti-Southern at all. I just no. think it's those those people that are sort of just on the fringes of society who don't experience life the way we do and they and react. And that's just who they happen to, you know, meet up with these people that were totally different. But and what ha- I guess yeah. what we should we should go back a little bit. And it was like they're they're just floating down the river on their two canoes. Well, first, and, Burt Reynolds kind of insults the people yeah. that are going to drive the car down. He's being just just a total like condescending dick. And then. They're, that sets them off on kind of a bad note of like, okay. The, and even the, like, Ned Beatty's like, what are they going to do to our cars? How do you yeah. know they're, they might just not even take them down there? And he's like, they will. As we used to, I grew up in the South. I think all of us kind of did, right? And we go tubing down those kind of rivers or tubing. go tubing. You get an inner tube and, and one just, inner tube for the beer and one inner yeah. tube for your butt. <laughs> and I've been down on canoes too. Like, they're, like, much gentler rivers than this yeah. than the one in the film and in fact the river that they film most of it i've been down that river yeah. it's called the chatuga river but there's also rivers in florida where i grew up called like like, like the wakulla river and things and you go down these rivers in a canoe and it's so peaceful and nice and but what you have to do if you're going to go down a flowing river is you have to hire somebody or get somebody to take your cars you get you get in a car, you get all your friends, you get out at the at the beginning of the trip, and then you have somebody drive your car to the end of the river so that when you get to the end of your trip down the river, you get out of the canoe and you get in your car and go you home. You don't have to walk back to the beginning, <laughs> which sucks. And that's kind of a confused... I remember being a little bit confused about that when I saw the movie many, many years ago when I was a kid. That whole thing about the cars, like, what are they doing? I don't know. But that's the whole reason why they have this issue with these people at the beginning with the cars and it's funny too that was also a little precursor to um instilling some doubt in burt reynolds character is that he's like rushes past the guys driving the car in their one car like they're all going down to the same place yeah and um so he's all like i'll show him where it is he goes you don't know where it is he goes i find it we'll find it so of course he takes turn into a total dead end and he's right. like, Ugh. so in a way you're kind of like I thought you knew what this was and where you were going. Like it sort of st- already started the he's not Mister Perfect. That's right, a great sense of dread. Yeah. It's like oh, we're like, kind of a little bit, you know, what I, I I expected this guy to sort of be the Rock, and he's certainly not the Rock. So, <laughs> oh, and Ned yeah. Beatty's starting to suspect. It's like, is this yeah. guy as tough as he looks and, and acts? Ned Beatty's such a soft oh. city boy looking. Yeah, oh, like yeah. you wouldn't want him in your canoe. In fact, they kind of fight over it. Right, at first. like yeah. who gets to get in the canoe with this guy? He said, "You take the chubby one this time." <laughs> 
but it was it's it's great. They, they have a little a couple of little issues with some of the southern accents that the guys are trying to do. <laughs> they're not too bad though. Not as offensive okay. as some. Yeah, but it's it is a really good first film for for Ned Beatty. It's his first yeah. film, and also Ronnie Cox. Yeah. And, uh, you know, John Voight had already been in a couple things, and Burt Reynolds had already been in a couple things. But this is really the big one. I think this is Burt Reynolds' favorite film that he ever did. It's probably one of his best roles. I, think so. I mean, you know. He's actually yeah. a good, you know, people think really of him as, like, the sort of good-looking guy who... who With the mustache. He can act. ...was in movies because he was good-looking. But, no, the guy was an actor. He still yeah. is. I mean, I mean Boogie, Boogie Nights. You know, yeah. He yeah, he was quite great in good in that. And, uh, you know... He, uh, but you know he was it was easy to do those Hal Needham uh, you know smoking the bandit pictures they were fun cannibal run yeah and then they're iconic I mean he's yeah. an iconic character right so the guys get they each take um, two people per canoe and they start heading down the river right and it all looks beautiful and it's not too rough there's a few little rough moments they get kind of separated because one gets ahead of the other and <coughs> and so Ned Beatty and who is it Ned Beatty and John Voight kind of pull off to the side of the river right. and they're like, where is everybody? What's going on? And so they kind of just are waiting for the other two to catch up. That's when all hell breaks loose. <laughs> but that's the scene everyone still talks about. And I think people actually quote the scene without even having seen the movie. Well, people get it wrong. It's like people mm. say, you got a pretty mouth, but that's not what he says. And squeal like a pig. Yeah. That's the big yeah. line. Yeah. yeah. And apparently that was, uh, you read all these things. Apparently that line wasn't in the script squeal like a pig thing and somebody on the crew i think the story that i keep reading some people say ned Beatty came up with it and and then somebody says it was just somebody on the crew who said you ought to have him make the guy squeal like a pig you know and they keep calling him a sow like "Ah, you're a pretty sow yeah it was a super disturbing scene it's really disturbing Uh, so they pull over on the side of the river and they get kind of ambushed by a couple you know hillbillies out there and they they're looking for trouble so they're just kind of harassing them, and they're kind of trying to, like, intimidate them. So then they, they kind of separate John Voight, and they tie him to a tree, and then they tell Ned Beatty to strip. Yeah, and it's a... And you, the worst, Man, the thing, you, like, the worst thing you can disturbing. imagine happens. How I mean, old is I, this movie? And it's still I, like, holy shit. I, I remember when it was out and like people would talk about the movie. I was completely clueless about what was going on. You know, like, <laughs> we like a pig. I, I just didn't get it. You know? Yeah. Then I finally saw it. And I go, oh, my God. This movie. <laughs> like, oh. You're hearing about it. And you're like, why is it so bad? He squeals like a pig. I can do that. <laughs> It's kind of cute. Pigs and the way cute. it's shot by Borman is oh, very yeah. sort of like, yes. I mean, the direction on that scene is just like, it's no, you know, there's no punches, you know, pulled on it. Yeah. It's very, you know, kind of graphic. And yes. just everything about it is just so tough. Disturbing. It's so, just one of those escalation of menace kind of scenes where it, it, the first thing they see is a little bit of movement. They see, He sees a movement in the distance. Yes. And they're like, wait, what was that? And then a little closer they see it's a guy and they're and they're like oh there's some people and then these guys are suddenly there with them and they're talking to them and they're saying well, we're heading down the river to the to the town Try and to be all friendly and personable <laughs> and they these guys are telling them you're going the wrong way you got and they're like wait a minute how, how does the river not go the same place <laughs> and so then it just becomes it just goes you know like they say sideways and it goes into this horrible scene where scene. still hard to watch. Yeah, so it's hard later. to even describe it. But they t- by today's standards, it's still one of the most disturbing scenes on film I think I've ever seen. Yeah, but like, uh, it's basically you know it's the it's the it, they rape 
um, Ned Beatty, and then they start to almost rape um, John Voight's character. When John Voight has got, he's tied to a tree by his belt around his neck, and it's just you just know what's going to happen. One of the hillbillies starts talking about his pretty mouth, you know, and then he starts unzipping his pants. He's the one without any teeth, you know. Yeah. He's like super like backwoods looking. Yeah, but then John one of the Voight, coolest scenes. Happens. Yeah, <laughs> so you can't skip the scenes. You'll miss one of the coolest scenes. But while this is just about to happen to John Voight, he looks over the shoulder of the hillbillies behind him and he realizes that Burt Reynolds is there you know the the most macho he-man guy in the world is standing there with his bow and arrow aimed at at these guys these bad guys badass that's probably the coolest (laughs) hottest thing I've ever seen (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll agree sorry well if I was in that situation I'd probably say that's great that is just so cool that you're standing there with your bow and arrow just sighting him down there with his bow ah so good so he Hits the guy right in the right in the, and he in calls it a center kill. Yeah, kills him. Which he think and and Burt Reynolds seems really fascinated by the fact that he's just killed this guy, and the guy, the actor who um who plays the 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 the, the evil rapist hillbilly, is actually a really. I, I mean, he seems so real in the film. He seems like they found actual hillbillies. All those people. Oh are yeah, so the good. home. That's that's what makes the movie work. Yeah. It's like it feels like it has really a documentary good weird feel to it. Like it was it just really made as you know. I can't go down rivers or hiking without thinking. Well, about you can't. It. It's no, like no, Jaws. You can't no, go in the ocean yeah. without thinking about Nobody it. Can. No. Nobody can. Nobody <laughs> can. But that actor is so good, and he has this this amazing sort of prolonged death scene where he's got the arrow through him, and he's he's like got this pained, anguished look on his face. And then he does this weird thing where he points, he points like he's pointing somewhere and everybody kind of like looks where he's pointing and, and, but then he just dies in, in the side of a little tree sort of, so yeah, that he's sort a fork of, of a tree. So he's standing, he's propped up into it. with yeah. his face in the fork of the tree. It's just a really awkward position and the arrow is pointing straight up and, and the other hillbilly, um, I think they grab his rifle, right? And he runs away. Yeah, he just, mm-hmm. humana, humana. Yeah, he just. <laughs> he runs really fast. Yeah. So they, you know, they're like, what are we going to do about him? He's going to go tell. They're going to get these other hillbillies going to come get us. It's like, no one will believe him. Well, they, they just <laughs> this is like those great moment where there's, there. this is the pivotal moment of like, what do you do? This is the moment. Yeah. yeah. This you is the pivotal decide. moment. Like, do you go to the cops? Do you, you know, because the guy was shot in the back. But yeah. Burt Reynolds says, okay, guys, do you want to come back here and sit in a courtroom in this town where the jury is going to be composed of this guy's family, you know, and you, you want, this is going to ruin your life. You know they're going to find us guilty. I shot him in the back with an arrow. Yeah. And they're going to, they're going to think there's no way he would have done anything like that. And, and, and plus, the big thing, too, Ned Beatty does not want to be known as a guy who just got raped. Like yes. he was like, I'm not doing, I'm yeah. not, he didn't want to even admit it ever happened. And right. you know, so it's kind of like, so here you are, you shot a guy in the back and no one's going to say why. Right. <laughs> like, and Ned Beatty has that line. Where he's like, I don't want this to get around. <sighs> yeah. So, so, so Burt Reynolds yeah. says, okay, this place is going to be flooded in a couple of weeks or months or whenever. And he said, if we bury this guy, He'll never be found because, think about it, when was the last time you looked out over a lake and did you even imagine the idea that something could be buried underneath the lake? 
right. in right. the dirt underneath a lake. Again, will, yeah. sounds like the perfect plan. <laughs> yeah, it never seems to go yeah. well. So they do this scene where they they drag they and but the but first of all there's all the moral stuff you know it's yeah. like they start they have this great conversation it's such great dialogue Ronnie Cox is sort of the holdout he's the guy who's like no we got to report this we have to do the right thing we have to be honest when you start going down this other path we're just going to ruin our lives they're going to find out and but they basically they vote and I think John Voigt is the deciding Voigt vote. The deciding Voigt. <laughs> and he um, he ends up saying, I'm with Lewis. Well, because everyone's thinking ahead. Like, I think everyone thinks, okay, my whole life is about to change. But yeah. I want my old life. So let's just pretend like this didn't happen in any races. I think that's just what everybody would rather I th- do. Exactly. I think it would be very easy to think very that easy. you can somehow just let this happened up here somewhere yeah. else. Let me get back to my life and that'll just sort of disappear. We just killed a rapist. Who's going to miss him? And, and I think the interesting thing about character dynamics in this is the fact that John Voigt was just about to be raped when, you know, Lewis saved him. Mm-hmm. So when Lewis has got this plan, John yeah. Voigt is more inclined to want to go along with yeah. Lewis because mm-hmm. that guy just saved, saved me from being right. raped. So, there's a lot of great dynamics in this movie is between the characters and a lot of complex things between them. And they each have their own little traits and their own little quirks and things. You know, Ronnie Cox brought his guitar. He brings his guitar with him and it's wrapped in plastic and he brings it out when they sit around the fire at night. And It seems so fun when it's not, you know, when things aren't going badly. <laughs> right. But once they, once, once this guy, once they've killed this this guy in the woods they all go they they all vote and they decide to bury him and they drag him over to where there's some dirt and there's a scene where they're digging that's i think a great scene because they're all digging with their hands into yeah, this yeah, sort of soft yeah. yeah and when they bury him they they put his body in there and they're putting the dirt over him and it's just like a couple of inches down and it just seems so futile it's like that scene you mentioned blood simple that scene where he's yeah. trying to mop the blood up with the yeah. with the with the jacket it's right. not even an absorbent jacket what is it like a silk yeah. poly, jacket poly, just poly smearing it around. Yeah. it's just yeah. smearing and you're like oh this is not working but it is going to be buried underwater like, yeah they're flooding it and i think that was the big big thing is like the guy just went missing they flooded the valley he probably drowned i mean i think they're really thinking that no one will really look for the guy because we'll just assume and, he was a victim of her And you want to believe it. You're in that situation. Yeah. You want to get out of there. It's like, it this, this, go. Is, this is the way this is going to have to go. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. But things, of course, are different with these guys. Now they get back in their boats and they're like, no let's just... No one's ever the same after this happens. <laughs> let's just get this over with. Let's get down as fast as possible. Yep. And yeah. so they just start going. But, but meanwhile, you know, Ronnie Cox, who was against the idea, he was sort of talked into it because of they because democracy they voted you know but he's still you can see he's sort of tormented by all this and there's this really the interesting weak link yeah and while they're paddling down the river you get you can you can see it in his face he's not happy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's this great really weird ambiguous scene where he just looks like something's going on with him he's sort of shaking his head and and sitting weird, and John Voigt's behind him saying, what's wrong? What's the matter with you? And then he sort of falls, he kind of half falls, half jumps into the water. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost, you couldn't tell if it was suicide or a stroke or what. Yeah. Yeah. 
but it, they they leave it sort of ambiguous in yeah. the film, and they can't find him. He's gone because the water is moving really fast. Well, they're into a rough water now. They're like, yeah. oh shit, and they're yeah. you know trying to keep it under control, and it's not good. And they and they crash. <laughs> yeah, and they crash. They and have they a crash. They their boats get smashed up, but notably this this first thing where they were there where they sustained their first injuries aside from ronnie cox the person that gets injured the worst is the tough guy the guy that you don't want to lose from your team right taking out and a really gross too his bones sticking out so yeah it's like out nasty. of those black jeans with big meaty bones yeah, <laughs> yeah. but he starts he he kind of loses it you yeah, know burt reynolds is just sort of it. like crying and like oh yeah it hurts it hurts <laughs> And they're trying to calm him down, and he's really not handling his pain very well. And he's kind of, in a way, revealing himself to mm-hmm. not be very valuable. Because nope. it's not, I mean, it's an injury, but, you know, we were talking about the green room, and Anton Yelchin did a lot with a hacked-up arm, you know. <laughs> yeah. More manly than Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds had a, had a hacked-up leg, and he could have, you know. He, you know, he, I think getting around with a hacked-up arm would be easier than getting around with a hacked-up leg. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just guessing. I, <laughs> but anytime you think that the macho guy, the hero, is like crying a yeah. little too yeah. much, yes, you go, exactly. Mm, boy, we are really in some deep shit, you know. <laughs> yeah. So and Burt Reynolds again, great performance in there. He's just he, you really get the feeling that he's just screaming in pain. And then here's Burt Reynolds. He starts, I think, almost in a way to excuse and distract from his own, you know, weakness. Right now, start saying, you know, Drew was shot. You know, Ryan Cox was shot. We're being stalked. We got to do something. So he convinces everybody that they're being stalked by hillbillies and that they deserve to be killed because they did this to him, even though he did it in a wreck. And they probably killed Drew, which he has no proof of. But we're just assuming that someone shot him. We don't know. Right. And they're in a gorge. At so this they're all point. paranoid now. Yeah. They're like down in the bottom of a gorge and there's rocks yeah. on both sides. And he's pointing up to the rocks and he's like, they're up there. They're shooting at us and we can't hide from them. We, if we get, go out on the river, they'll just kill us. And so there's this great surreal scene. I used to think it was really, when I was younger, I used to think it was just surreal the way it's shot because it's nighttime and John Voight is crawling up the side of this rock face to go up there and he's carrying the bow and arrow with him. It's their only weapon. Yeah, the day for night effect. And it's this weird day for night effect yeah. and it's a it's not done very well. <laughs> it's, it's distractingly weird. It's distractingly weird. But Just it, ignore that part. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit surreal though. So I look at it now and it's almost like the way they did the um, color effects at the end of 2001 A Space Odyssey. It's yeah. like a chemical process. Or something. I think in a good movie like that, when there's a scene like that, I always defer to the filmmaker. Yeah. Saying, maybe that was done purposely. Yeah. And maybe not, but I'm going to go that way. I think I'm it was. Like, too, technically, yeah. that might be the only way to have accomplished the effect. Because you don't want John Voight. Because apparently, you know, they did this film without insurance so that they could get, you know, it was a, it was oh. a, um, you know, and that line that Burt Reynolds says in the film, you know, I don't like insurance. Where's the risk, you know? They apparently shot a lot of this without insurance. Oh, that's so maybe, just nuts. So maybe that's why. And John yeah, Voight yeah. really, apparently, really climbed up that wall. So they <laughs> probably wanted him to do it during the daylight. And I'll bet they shot it maybe golden hour because you can kind of see a little bit of golden light on his hair. See, but that would have looked good, though. Why wouldn't you just keep the golden hour? Because they, they had a scene where he falls asleep. Yeah, so and it was supposed to be day, it was supposed to be you know middle of the night. Well, they could have just made a longer amount of time. He's up there hanging out. He's probably exhausted. 
<laughs> or they could have just filmed some of it at night, you know, yeah. and yeah. had him climb up there during the during the twilight Stupid or filmmakers. something. Yeah, dumb old John Borman. <laughs> that's a that's done? a line producer issue. Yeah, <laughs> someone. But I think it was a post production thing where they yeah. said. Man, I wish it was nighttime when he was climbing yeah. up there. What can we do? It'd be scarier if it was yeah. nighttime. Yeah, that's true. Do do some photo effects <laughs> yeah. to get it there or something. Some guy in the lab. Can you just paint these cells? <laughs> but I kind of like that scene anyway, d- despite oh, yeah, the surreal great. nature of it, the weird psychedelic look. But he gets up there and he, you know, he, he's so exhausted he falls asleep. But then he wakes up because he hears something, and there's a hillbilly over there. With a gun. Looking down. Looking down into the river. I guess he was right. They really, really are being stalked. It looked like he, the hillbilly that was there to rape him. Mm-hmm. But earlier Possibly. in the film, John Voight has the bow and arrow, and he sees a deer. And he is, you know, he's kind of trying oh, yeah. to live up to the to the manly, manly, manly manliness of uh, his buddy Lewis to kill this deer, which I always wondered, what are, they, what are these guys going to do with a big dead deer? They're just going to leave there like jerks. Yeah. But he wants to shoot it just because to sort of prove himself as a, a man. man. But he can't. You know, he starts shaking and he, he loses it and he can't um, He can't do it. And he misses the deer. So when he gets up to the top of the rocks and he's aiming the bow and arrow at the, at the evil rapist hillbilly, <laughs> he starts shaking again. And he, he misses the guy. Killer. And the guy comes over to him with his, with his gun and he realizes as the guy's about to shoot him, he's looking down at him with his gun. He realizes he did hit him. And yeah. the guy yeah. falls down and he's got this arrow sticking out of the back of his neck. And, and that kind of startles him. And yeah. he falls yeah. over and stabs himself with an arrow. Stabs himself yeah. through the... Because John Boyd yeah. can't catch a break for sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so then, you know, they have to do the same thing with this guy and bury him. So they lo- he lowers him down with a rope and he starts climbing down the rope. And, of course, what happens? The rope breaks! Ah, falls into the water and it just it's just a nightmare scene but i love because you know they're trying to do the stuff on the fly i like that it doesn't go well right there's all these things that keep going wrong they're not prepared no i mean when you're lowering a body who would expect the rope to break but it does would have brought a better rope if i needed to lower a dead body (laughs) bring a bigger boat but what what's happening here is you're realizing that these guys are the you know john voight is actually the 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 guy who gets things done right you know burt reynolds is Burt Reynolds is basically the guy who caused all the trouble by kill, killing the guy in the first place. If they had just scared those guys off, maybe, and yeah, you know, maybe I don't know. And he's just relegated to being in the in the boat and just sort of being, you know, dead laying weight. there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dead weight. <laughs> Which so, is another good uh, good story about him laying in the boat. There was a scene I read, I maybe read it on Wikipedia or something, where there there's a shot where they put a dummy in the boat and. Uh, shot it and john borman said no it looks like a dummy it, we can't use that shot and burt reynolds said well you know what i'll do it i'll get in the boat huh. and do it with me in the boat he's and so manly because he's such a man he is so he gets in the boat and they shot it again and went over the thing with burt reynolds really in the boat and then he was like well how did that look and john borman said it looked like a dummy <laughs> <laughs> that's funny so uh, so they lower the body down John Voight lowers the body down, the rope breaks, and he goes into the water, and the body goes into the water, and there's a horrible underwater f- Ugh, wrestling with a corpse with a scene. <laughs> hand touching his face. <laughs> so but it's, but they're, they're just going through this horrible nightmare. Ned Beatty is taking care of Burt Reynolds. and Well, they have to weigh the body down. Yeah. And then Ned Beatty has that great line. Which is... <laughs> 
I he has a lot of great now. lines. <laughs> it was a line we talked about earlier. Which, which one? Where he said, are we sure this is the right guy? Oh, oh. yeah. Well, and then they're kind of going, oh, uh, and they're looking at him thinking, Ugh. and you know, the guy's soaking wet and he's dead. You're, you're not even sure as a viewer, like, is it the same guy? Like, you're not sure. And so that was yeah. like kind of a great, like, fuck, what did we do? Yeah. And he's like, well, he was up there with a gun. He's like, well, he was, maybe he was hunting, you know? Yeah, it's it's like, like maybe a lot of guys up else? there with a gun. Uh, so they have that uncertainty over them. They finally agree. Yeah, it's the same guy, but you kind of get there. They're kind of like, oh, I don't It's know. another ambiguity in this movie. Yeah. There's so much like moral ambiguity and, and like what's happening. It's like what we were talking about when you, when you have in reality in, in a lot of procedural type shows where you have a crime and then somebody tries to solve the crime in shows, it's usually pretty logical. It goes from point A to point B. You find mm-hmm. a clue, you f- find out who did it and what happened. And, and it usually makes sense. But in reality, sometimes these things happen that you're like, what was that? What happened? Yeah. Who is this really the guy? And did Ronnie Cox get shot or did he just fall out of the boat? There's so many questions in real life. And that that's what makes this such a great mm-hmm. movie is because you're you're involved in this with them on this river, having these experiences with them. And you don't know if Ronnie Cox got shot. And yeah. you're and you're thinking back, was there a gunshot? There was there a sound of a gunshot? Mm-hmm. I didn't hear it. And you're like the characters. You're trying to solve the mystery with the characters. And so they they end up finding Ronnie Cox. Uh, probably the most disturbing scene in the movie, besides <laughs> the squeal like a pig scene. And apparently Ronnie Cox is double-jointed because the actor actually did this with, <laughs> his, did? with his arm. Oh, yeah, I can try and do it right He now. puts his arm. They find him like washed There's up. no way. Again, sort yeah. of propped up against a stick in an odd, awkward way. Yeah. And... Uh, there's a you know what's interesting too about this movie when people die there's a awkwardness to it the first guy falls into that yeah. fork in the tree mm-hmm. the second hillbilly falls on his gun and sort of goes into this weird crouch yeah. this sort of crumbled crouch and then Ronnie Cox they find him up against this tr- like he's washed up against this just tree just like another piece of wood or something just it's, yeah. it's the power of the river yeah. Yeah. it just makes you you, you don't look human you anymore you become refuse like everything yeah. else in the yeah, river yeah exactly but it's nobody like, just falls down and dies in the film no. it's a, it's I think a, my own theory is that I think he just killed himself because he couldn't live with what they did I think he right. just wanted to be killed in the river just banged against rocks drowned do so you think he just said I'm done and yeah just, and he's kind of losing his he mind he seemed really like, bummed yeah. like he, was the we- he seemed like the weakest one and you do see him kind of going crazy when they're digging the grave yeah. too, and he start. They're all digging, and and he's he just looks at them, and he just starts really digging really hard, like really wildly digging. And it seems like he just happens to follow the boat in the roughest part of the water with mm. the most waterfalls and rocks, where they all end up getting you know smashed. Yeah. It's just kind of interesting. Timing. Yeah, I think that's timing probably true. <laughs> and so the fact is that but we don't know they weren't. The guy wasn't up there shooting at him then, you know. So probably wasn't. Maybe yeah, not. That could have been somebody else. <laughs> they so. just yeah. shot someone. But I love their kind of sloppy solutions. Yeah, you know, and it's all driven by Drew, who's just like, "You've got to take care of things by killing." It's like, no, you don't. Right. <laughs> you don't. Oh, you mean by Lewis? Lewis, I'm sorry, by uh, Lewis. Burt Reynolds. Yes, Burt Reynolds, the mighty Burt Reynolds. I shouldn't try and use it's the classic. Names. It's a just classic. It's Burt a classic Reynolds. nightmare. It just yeah. gets worse yeah. and worse. Yep. And, and the more you, you do know, to try yeah. to dig yourself out of it, the deeper you get. And in you the hole. sense it every step of the way. Yeah. You're like, oh God, you know. Imagine me in this situation because you're really with them. Yeah. And now they're having to, yeah. another moral dilemma. What do we do with Drew? Yeah. I thought this was the weirdest part of the movie because they decide. We'll just sink him in this deep part of the river and no one will find him. And I'm like, 
what are you telling his wife? Like, they just kind of <laughs> pretend like he didn't even come with them or something. It was very strange. Oh, they had the story that they were going to say that he, they lost him at the end, at the, like, yeah, further, further down, down the river. Yeah. They didn't want the, they wanted to make sure he's like, everything happened right here, right around here, because we don't want the authorities to go further back up the river. And As uh, if they wouldn't. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a very well thought well, out. They're plan. not criminals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, criminals aren't smart either. So, it's not. but it's but also it, the idea of like, let's just leave this behind. Yeah, yeah. they just want to leave his body behind. It. I don't want it anymore. Yeah. Because you know? if they have it and he was shot, then there's a an issue about who shot him. And then Why? when they find the guy who shot him, they're like, well, he these guys killed my cousin or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And so there, it's and just a huge kettle of worms that they're uh, <laughs> kettle so of stressful <laughs> so the the end of the film is interesting really interesting way to tell a story like this where you do get that feeling of the the abyss of wrongdoing <laughs> bad choices but what else could you do how do you get out of this thing so they say they they come up with a story and they they have to agree, you know. But meanwhile, Burt Reynolds is in the hospital, right? He's yeah, he's right. unconscious in the hospital. So John Voight and Ned Beatty's characters, these two guys, yeah. <laughs> all of them, like oh, and they they end up trying to get their stories right, and they're talking to the sheriff, who's, making little mistakes, and the sheriff's like, I thought you said okay, yeah, and suspicious, then, yeah, it just doesn't make much sense. How come this happened? And that one scene where he comes up to him. And uh, and also another thing that sort of fits with your theory about Ronnie Cox killing himself is right before he falls out of the boat, he's not wearing his life vest. Yeah, and they kept saying, put on your life vest, and he yeah. just wouldn't do it. Hmm. So then later mm-hmm. in the film, when the sheriff comes up to Ned or up to John Voight's car, he comes up and he's like, I got one question for you. He's like the, the hillbilly Columbo, the you know. Yeah, and played by the author, James Dickey. <laughs> But he's doing that Columbo thing, you know, where it's the case is almost closed. But he's like, yeah, one more thing I had to ask you He's here. about to walk away and then he nails <laughs> got this question for you. He's like, how come you had four life vests if if your buddy fell out of the, you know. And so they're like, uh, didn't we have an extra one? And John Voight's like, no, we didn't. He <laughs> did For some reason, he wasn't wearing his life vest. And the, and the sheriff is like, well, why not? And he goes, I don't know. That's true. We didn't yeah. know. And yeah. they hold on John Voight's face there for a second. and you're and Those you, big blue eyes, and, and he's looking get... all innocent. <laughs> and the sheriff is like, okay. <laughs> and basically, they get away with it. But don't you think the sheriff sort of like, you know, this is sort of ju- kind of justice here. And, the, and yeah. the, you know, like, He suggests uh, it when he says yeah. that thing about, I just want this town to have a have a peaceful death basically like yeah just yeah go away just don't go come away back. don't come yeah. back don't do and this anymore. whatever happened here it's just he whatever. says that too yeah. Yeah. he says yeah. i don't want don't come back here don't yeah. do this just again. go away yeah. so city boys he's more like this some bad shit happened but yeah I'm and you're not, not telling get, me and i'm not I'm, gonna get involved yeah and yeah. he probably knows the players like a little bit like this guy is missing and he was a total like troublemaker yeah. ah we'll just let slide because something right. does come up where somebody's saying you know so-and-so's cousin had went out hunting and he said oh he'll probably come back drunk yeah yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that Lovely. they all just um, have to live with this now. And there's a great, you know, talk about cool final scenes. The scene of the river, you just see the calm, dead water of the river, and very peaceful. 
and then this hand rises up, you know. A carry ending. Yeah. 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 But you get the feeling like this is the body, you know, that yes. won't stay buried. Yes. It's the telltale heart. You know? Right. Yeah. And and then John Voigt wakes up. Oh, you know, he suddenly wakes up and his wife is like, what's the matter, honey? And you have a feeling he does that every night. Yeah. Yeah. His life. For the rest of his same. life. It was really, really good. And he, for the rest of his life, he's going to worry that that body is going to come floating up, you know, and yep. somebody's going to say something or something's going to happen. And that's the chance you take when you decide to cover stuff up. Yeah, you know. that's always the key. It never goes away. I could really. never do it. No, yeah. I'd be like, call I'd right turn away. myself yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> turn me in. I don't care. I'd rather do five <laughs> years and know that you know I would get be out. <laughs> <laughs> I feel guilty. I haven't done anything. <laughs> I'm like, oh, just go ahead and arrest me now. I'm okay. Yeah, I know. But it's a classic of that yeah. genre. And, yeah, you know, people try to do movies like that, and they just don't pull it off. And uh, it's, but, it is really a classic, and it's timeless, and it's suspenseful. It's got a, a bit of a slow pacing compared to some movies now, maybe a little bit slow pacing. But actually, I didn't notice that. I watched it. It's not slow paced. Yeah, it's it's actually not. Lots of tension. It's not. It's like, filmed in a different way, though. You yeah. know, if they were going to do a remake, it would be filmed completely different with you know crazy music score and a lot of thumping, you know that kind of bigger thing. things be, would have happened. Different. It wouldn't be just. It wouldn't be the way it was. It, it wouldn't be the way Borman shot it. Just yeah. It's a, It's kind of small in a way. Yeah. There's only. I mean, of the of the main characters, only one of them dies. Right. You know, and there's only you know and of the bad guys only one of them or two of them dies you know yeah. <laughs> they're just affected by it you know um but there's not really been a, i mean they haven't remade this movie i don't think they have and there's no. other movies kind of whitewater rafting kind of movies and don't ever come close to this movie it's yeah just, just one of those if you want to see this kind of a movie you have to see this one and it is a perfect movie and it was also i was just see saw this in 2008 it was selected for preservation in the united states national film registry in the library of congress so. so it's an important piece of film everyone wants uh, to see. They say it's culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. What about that Meryl Streep going down the river <laughs> movie? Wasn't that... <laughs> <laughs> I think there was one where she was sort of a badass. Wasn't there a Kevin Bacon one? Ke- it was <laughs> Kevin was Bacon, Mer- yeah, Meryl Streep, uh. and uh, Jonathan Winters or something. That was almost <laughs> as good. <laughs> Jonathan Winters. <laughs> this is a little girl's bicycle. That's another movie we should do. It's a wild, It's a mad, 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 mad no, world. No, let's yeah. not do that. Oh, come on. <laughs> no. Okay. You know, they have uh, the San Pedro uh, Film Festival. I was just reading. Uh, they do... Uh, it's Because that was the... the the, the, it was filmed, or at least the uh, the ending scene yeah. was filmed in San Pedro. Oh, yep. okay. So that's kind of a big movie for them. Uh, and they make a big uh, a big W. They make a big W with the, <laughs> oh, the Padres <laughs> and stuff like that. So it's uh, kind of their claim to fame. That's really funny. That's but there was a movie one. on Netflix I just watched. And I know Kathy, you watched a few days yes. ago. I'll speak about it briefly called Caliber. Really good. Which was very reminiscent of Deliverance. The same kind of moral dilemmas. Same thing. I mean, briefly, it takes place in Scotland and two buddies. Go, go hunting. Go hunting. One is sort of, you know, apprehensive. Doesn't really want to do it. John but Boyd. it's sort of like, exactly. <laughs> and uh, the other guy who, um, Martin McCann, was a really good actor. Burt uh, Reynolds. Yeah, he's that. <laughs> and they go out and they go to a small Scottish town and they get drunk the night before at the Stag's Head, the Pick bar Pick up some there. chicks. Yeah, get get some of the, the town folk don't like them because they're kind of going after some of the women they shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, but the next day they go out to stalking, as they say. Called, yeah, hunting there is called stalking, which is kind of funny. And mm. they have their, they're hungover, and one of the guys says to Vaughn, who is sort of the meeker character, he says, yeah, take a, take a little bit of whiskey. So he takes a nip, 
And then he forgets his gun, so there's only one gun there, and they're looking and they see a deer. And he doesn't really want to kill deer. Like he's he, like, why? Why do I want to do this? I right. don't want to. Because he you, you, do because this, you're going to have a kid soon. You got to do this. So yeah, you got to kill an animal before you have a baby. Right. So Marcus, <laughs> the, the, the 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 other guy, gives it to Vaughn. Is it take? This is your shot. This is your kill. So he lines up the shot right at the head. He put he squeezes the trigger at that second. It's a great. It's great the way it's shot. Mm-hmm. The deer just moves out of camera. And right behind the deer is a young boy who gets shot in the head. Yeah. And that's where the movie goes from there. And it's you the same thing. You just see this, like, he pulls the trigger, and all of a sudden, there's a kid there. And he's like, what? What? Ugh. Yeah. And Shit. Then, so it's, do you cover this up? And then, of course, the kid's father, who's, you know, hiking with him, comes and just starts screaming and crazy and cuddling his son. And pull, p- picks up the gun and points it at Vaughn. And we're not sure what he's going to do. But then he gets shot by Marcus from far away, and he, so there's two dead bodies, ah. and that's the movie. Marcus pulls the Burt Reynolds, where you might have been able to escalate this thing, yeah. but you went and killed a guy by shooting him in the back. In the back, yeah. So then there's no; it's hard to defend that. And so Yvonne, Yvonne goes, "Why did you do that?" He goes, "You have whiskey on your breath. You're shooting with my gun, which is illegal. We're going to be we're going to be you know going to prison. We can't go to prison." And so they just and he's to like, cover "But it up. was an accident." Yeah. But it was until dumbass shot right. his and, father and, in the back. And it, then you, it's the same sort of feeling as Deliverance where they're yeah. just going down the wrong path. And the dread, the sense of dread is pretty strong in this movie. I thought it was quite well done. Yeah, they're like, again, like fish out of water. They're in this small town where they don't belong. The townspeople seem like they're always staring at them weird anyway. Like they're yeah. not welcome. And, and, you know, besides the fact they were all getting drunk and hitting on the women in the town, which right. apparently was pretty common. And they start saying the wrong things. Always the wrong there, things. And they start getting into And the trouble. one guy, you know, the the um, the one character who didn't even want to go hunting, he he seems to be having sort of a blood simple moment where he's just, you know, he's starting to be consumed by the whole thing. Yeah. The yeah. other guy's trying to hold together. But Very similar to Deliverance, though, in that way. Yeah, and it's really good. It's one of those Netflix surprises. And... Uh, yeah. We'll talk about it later and give away the ending in another one, but it's so new that I feel like we can't really spoil it yeah, yet. No, just that's the setup. But it's, it's super intention and uh, yeah, yeah, and it has some pretty shocking twists and turns. In it. And what's it called again? Caliber, but it's spelled calibre in like, the fancy European way. <laughs> oh, caliber, C A L I B R E. Right. Yes, Written. and it's on Netflix. You can see it. They just released it. It's really, it's really good. Yeah. Highly recommend. So we'll we'll cover this later in more depth after people have had time to see it. Cool. Should we wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. Is it, we at the end of the river? Is that a, a good segue? Should we play like the banjos? Like, you put, you, Uh-oh, you, do I have to pay the rice for that? No, uh-oh. I just sang that. Uh-oh. You're Tim Weisskopf or whoever the, the guitarist is in that. <laughs> Tim Weisskopf. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No more singing. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Goodbye from Cinema. That's it. We did. We we talked about Deliverance and Caliber today, and uh, did we go in depth enough on these movies? I think we. Well, one of them we did. We didn't. I didn't want to go. We we were comparing it to Caliber because it was kind of similar feel. If you want to see more modern day type Deliverance, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we did. But a I don't what, want to give it away really because it's too new. Yeah. But today was a about uh, Deliverance. We it did was a, a deep dive. <laughs> oh, now wait, I lost hold on. my. <laughs> try you again. Try it, Berg. You try, tried this let me time. Try. It was a deep dive. <laughs> Literally. Ooh. Do you guys want to try that? Go, Kathy. You know you want it to. was a deep dive. Wow. 
All right. Ridiculous. So we're gonna... <laughs> Aren't we fun? We'll edit that out later. Don't worry. Do you want to do one, Mark? <laughs> I have to. Right? Oh. A deep dive. Mm-hmm. That was... That was, uh, that was you'll, you'll edit that one for sure. Yeah. Along with the Black Sabbath crap. <laughs> <laughs> Black Sabbath. Oh. Thanks so much for listening, All guys. Right. We'll be back. Like, like us, us. Write to us. You like us on, on, what do you call oh, it, social media. Darwin. He knows his time. He ruined the, end, the beginning Darwin, of the bark, show. Bark us out. Come on. Outro. <laughs> Let's take us out with a bark. <laughs> All right. That's it. All right. See ya. Taking off. Bye. Cinemondo signing out.